the Awaken Sober Podcast, a podcast about life and recovery through Christ. My name is Derek. Joining us tonight, we have to my right, Pastor Shane. Hello, everybody. Across from me, we have Jimmy James. Yo, what's up? <laughs> what's up, James? And the one and only infamous Pastor Jeremy. Hello, Swanker. Swanker. Swanking. Hello, Swanker. Welcome, everybody. We're glad you're here to join us. Today we will be discussing recovery as we always do. But what are we discussing today, guys? What is my purpose? Purpose. What is my purpose? So here, let's uh, let's just say what happened last week. <laughs> because I, I know I got a couple messages throughout the week of, hey, where's the podcast? And then I met with somebody today and they said, so on Friday, I didn't see a podcast. There's no podcast. Yeah, uh, what happened? Yeah, yeah, they were. I had, I had a couple people come at me too to my words of podcast. That I'm like, well, we had technical difficulties. <laughs> First off, our mix board just went to kaput, so we quit. We um, quit having the sound, so we tried just recording it via camera. And well, somebody forgot to hit record. <laughs> and we so, talked for an additional what twenty minutes? Yeah, at least oh. we talked a <laughs> long <laughs> time, and for only yeah. one camera to be recording, you know, yeah, it was terrible. But I would say James did fix the uh, the soundboard temporarily. I mean, we ordered a new one. Yeah. But I he pulled did the, the Fonzie in. Bam! <laughs> and it came back to life. He did the old school. Yeah, let me tap it a few times on the side and hit it once on top, and boom, it was back yeah. to work, and it was beautiful. Nice. Um, but I do want to say thank you to a couple of people, if you guys don't mind. No, please. I'll go right ahead. So we have two brand new cameras and i want to say thank you to jan i want to thank you say thank you to nadine and brian and then jim and randy as well All right so we call jim the banjo player the banjo man the banjo, the banjo man. man yes the banjo man came through for us so yeah it was uh it was pretty nice and then because of getting the one camera on sale we were able to actually just buy a new soundboard or mixer or whatever that thing over there is called. It's called a mix board. Is that the test technical name of it, James? Sure. Yeah, we can we can call it that. I like it. He's over there. He's he's being studious. Well, I uh, I'm looking for a comment that we need to reply to, oh, even though a personal reply has been made. You talking about to the banjo man? Yeah. About. Uh, he wanted to see the vision of a healthy boundary and a healthy that's what he had mentioned was it a healthy boundary healthy consequence correct yes all right so um let's do that i'm trying to think of one that i would like to use you okay jeremy yeah good all right I thought we bored him for a minute. It looked like he was going to doze off. He was just trying it's to get like his belly to self, settle down. We, we've only been doing for, what, five minutes? I was like, dude, I'm done. <laughs> He's puckering it up, I guess. So a healthy boundary. Um, let's say that we're dealing with somebody that uses in our house. And um, okay. I'm the spouse of somebody that keeps drinking. And, and the first boundary that we put up is, one, you're not going to drink. But here's how you're going to do it. You're going to, over the next 90 days, you're going to go to a meeting a day for the next 90 days. If you do not meet that without, and you can't drink, obviously, but let's say you miss a meeting one of those days, or you drink again, the next one you're going to go either, we would usually schedule it IOP or maybe PHP. It just depends on, on what that looks like. And then if they fail again, they go inpatient. Now, just depending on what your scenario is at home, 
we have to make sure the punishment fits the crime. So I can't ever pick those for you, but you can. You know what's important to you. You got to just make sure that it's not done in emotions. You got to write them down ahead of time. Give them to the people. Okay. So speaking of like boundaries, I had some a young gentleman living with me and my wife for a period of time, right? Sorry. And so anyway, we had him living with us. And, that, and one of the boundaries that we have, if you're going to move in with us, our house shuts down at 10 o'clock. The doors get locked. There's no in and out. That's over at 10 o'clock. That's when the house shuts down. If you're going to be late, give us a call and we'll make the proper adjustment. But don't call, you know, and we tell them, you don't, don't call 10 minutes to 10. Like, oh, I'm going to be late. Dude, you knew you were going to be late two hours ago. You should have called. So the rule is, if you're not in the house, in the door, when the doors lock at 10 o'clock without the proper notification, you finding somewhere else to sleep tonight, you're not coming in. And that, the reason I bring that up, because it had actually happened. Like I said, he had called 10 minutes before 10 o'clock to what he's going to be late. You might as well just stay tonight wherever you're at, bud, because doors are locked. I'm going to bed. And we followed through with it. And so I think that was a healthy boundary and a healthy consequence to the boundary. I would say so. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, is there any other comments we got to worry about? Or that no. we've had? Okay. So far, that's it. That's like the number one. Other than Dave needing more Jesus. Other than Dave needing more Jesus? Yeah. We Every, can never have enough Jesus. That's right. That's true. So this week, we're going to talk about what's my purpose and tie hopefully it all in together. So, so what do you mean by that? What is my purpose in recovery? What is my purpose in life? And what is my purpose in Christ? Yeah. So where would we like to begin? What is my purpose? In recovery. Because that's what we talk about the most outside of Christ is recovery. What is our purpose in recovery? Everybody in this room's in recovery one way or another. To stay sober? Yeah. Well, get the thing here that I pulled up off the internet. And it says that recovery purpose can mean something a little different. When you hear purpose and recovery, often it's not about setting end-all life goals, but rather about feeling a desire to live and enjoyment of those simple day-to-day -day activities. It's about waking up ready to go with things you want to do and passion for life, your job, and even the people you're spending time with. In short, it's much less about climbing Mount Everest and more about looking at your day with a sense of motivation. Motivation. Purpose of the day is just live the day. Just for today. One day at a time. One moment at a time. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jeremy? Nothing. I'm just we're taking it all in. Just soaking it all in. Oh, yeah. yes. It looks like we may need to get him a pillow. Yeah, you no, he's on strike no, again. No. Is some preparation H or something? <laughs> Is it a rough day? <laughs> yeah. Have you yeah. had a crappy day? Literally. Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. Good. All right. Hope everything comes out okay. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. So, purpose and recovery, Jay. <laughs> um. What about it? What no. is your purpose? What is your purpose, what is your purpose recovery? in recovery? My purpose is to live life with purpose. What do you mean by that, though? Say more. Say more. I mean, in my active addiction, I didn't care about anybody else other than myself. And in that process, I thought I was only hurting myself, but 
finding recovery, I found a purpose in doing God's will. But I couldn't find that when I was all about me. Um, there was a reading today with AA, uh, I think it was a 24-hour day one. Um, but it said something along the lines of the first word of the step one is we. It's not I. It's we admitted we were powerless over alcohol. Our lives were unmanageable. And it asked the question, when did the I switch to we? And I think somewhere in that process, you do find a purpose. You know, I think we've said it on the show before, working in a recovery center, one of the questions we ask is, what is your sense of meaning, purpose, and values that help guide your attitude, thinking, and behavior? And when they asked me that question, I said, well, I can't say what I said, but I was like, I have no effing idea. <laughs> I did. Right? I, 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 I don't know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> so, Did you finally find it while you are there, or did you find it when you got out? I found it in this process. I think when I finally turned my will and life over to God, like finally just said, I'm done. Like, I can't do this anymore. Cause I know that if I do it again, I'm going to, I'm going to die. And I always say like, either I'm going to kill myself or the bottle's going to kill me. That's the reality of it. If I go back to doing it, those are, that's where I'm going. And, and now when I say I live life with purpose, I know that each day I wake up, God has a plan. I don't know what that plan is, right? And it may not go the way that Jeremy wants it to go, but it's going to go the way he wants it to go. I may not see any fruits of that in my lifetime of whatever happened today, right? Whatever seed was planted today, I may never see any of the fruits of that, but at least I did something good. All right, that's it. Thanks, That's everybody. our show. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Let's go home. <laughs> so for somebody that does not struggle with addiction, what is your purpose in recovery? That's a whole different ballgame. Whole different ballgame. Tell us about it. It's different, but it's also kind of the same. Because if I don't have purpose with God at the center of my life, there's not really much purpose to my life. My purpose is going to be my other idols, like rooting for a baseball team or having a sweet car and just doting on that car, you know, other whatever other idol I'm going to have in my life. If it's not God and if I don't put God first, my life goes to crap. I thought he was going to say hell in a handbasket. That too. Yeah, that's <laughs> more James sounding. Right, it, it, it was <laughs> what I expected out of him. <laughs> Maybe but. next time. <laughs> so, but Derek, your it's purpose. A, it's, a, it's a daily choice. It's a, sometimes it's a minute-by-minute a minute choice. Yes. My purpose that I feel that I, is to fulfill my calling on a daily basis. When I get up in the morning, going to work, meeting some, even if, even if it's on the way to work, I'm going to meet somebody that, that day that, I'm going to take part in life change. And that's what I like to see. And I think that's my purpose is making life change. I don't care who you are, what you've done. If I could be, if I could bring you to a life change situation, that's my purpose. I was waiting for life change to come up. That's the most beautiful part. I think it's just the life change that happens in us. Tell us more. Finally, something goes from me to we. Mm -hmm. 
It goes from I to we. Uh, when we start serving others, that selfless act of service as Christ taught us. Um, but really the way I just treat people overall is different. The way I respond versus react to things that are going on in my life. Um, because I was, I always had a reaction before, and now I have a response. Mm. I can sit back even when people hand somebody a, a packet of goofy things to hand to me, and I could say, wow, what a goofball. I wonder what bothers him so bad about this. And instead of like calling him up and uh, yelling at him, I could just say, well, I'll pray for him instead. And you know who I'm talking about, because you're, you're the one who handed me the papers. <laughs> mm, yeah. Gotcha. I uh, know. Yes. And so that's the life change that, that happens in us, right? We, we don't take things personal all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we get to, to look at something and saying, is that pain? Is that fear coming from them? Why are they acting this way? Why are they the way that they are? And, and how can I love them through that? And how can I help them through it? Right. And a lot of times with that, we also need to take time for ourselves to react or not react, but to respond. And if we want to keep that relationship going, we're going to want to respond with love rather than anger or frustration, right? So that's something that we had to deal with here recently. Yes. It's either love or ice cream, one or the other. I'll ice. take either. <laughs> love, yeah, there you go. Well, you can love ice cream. Yeah. I, well, I do. <laughs> and chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> chocolate. Look, man, I take, him to, I take him to somebody's house with me. Never met the people before. And he goes straight for their candy dish. I'm like, I've never met somebody that was not afraid to hit a candy dish less than this dude. He is not afraid at all. He does not have to know I anybody. No. I so I heard <laughs> step 11 and step 12 out of you, James, just a minute ago. Step 11, you know, daily meditation, Bible reading and prayer. Yeah. That is my Sabbath time. And we got to have that daily, even, even though sometimes we can't take a whole 24 hours, we just gotta, we gotta have that daily time with God. If not, we will not be centered. Correct. And, and it, it starts from really step 10, taking your daily inventory and taking that time, then sitting with God saying, God, how do I fix this situation? If if there's a situation that I can fix. And sometimes all it takes is reaching out to someone. Because there, there's been a couple of instances this week where I had, I really pissed somebody off. I, I, I didn't really piss him off, but I helped get him over the edge into rage. And uh, so the next day I texted him, I'm like, are you mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> and... Because, you know, this person and I have these great conversations back and forth. And I realized that I was kind of poking the bear a little bit. But he came back with, you know, I stopped texting you because X, Y, and Z. All these things kept piling up. And, the you know, the enemy was really knocking on my door hard. And now that I've had time to sit through it and, and take my daily inventory and, and my meditation time and all that, you know. We kind of hugged it out over text, so it was good. Right I want to bring up something. Um, I brought it up last week, but since the, uh, <laughs> the episode never got out, I'm going to bring it up again this week. Because you had just brought up, Jeremy, about uh, not seeing our fruits a lot of times. But when we had that uh, alumni gathering, 
that night and that and seeing those clients that were there with us come back still working their program still moving forward in that that was like i'm excuse me i'm fulfilling god's purpose in my life that i'm supposed to be doing seeing these guys show up and do that it was it was a great feeling seeing the fruits of the labor that i have been done so how does one find their purpose in recovery Go to meetings, uh, do a step study, do multiple step studies. Make sure you have a good accountability team and a sponsor who's going to guide you through your steps and help you understand what you can and cannot do. And look to your higher power. Hopefully that's Jesus. Jesus. I think the real, when you start acting, really carrying a purpose. I mean, the first purpose is staying sober and working your recovery, without a doubt. But once we get to step 12 and we're actually able to bring others through the recovery process as well, I think it's a huge purpose that we pick up in recovery. So how does one work the steps? <laughs> find their purpose. Now, what happens if they're not step people? No, we won't go that far. <laughs> Not today, Satan. <laughs> I mean, there's people that just don't like the 12 steps, but how do you find your purpose in recovery? I came up, I didn't come up with this, but <laughs> so I definitely didn't come up with this on my own. Uh, but Mark 10, uh, 41, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I think in my life, I found purpose in service. And, 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 and because when I'm, I'm serving others, I'm not thinking of myself, right? Now, I would say that previously when I was serving others, it was A, my job, and, and B, I did it because I thought that that was going to get me something on the back end. Right. If that makes any sense. It's, you only did you only you rephrase did something bit? for somebody else. Yes. To get something out of it. Yes. Yes. It makes sense. And then but now it's like I, I just I genuinely like care about people. Which I never genuinely really didn't care about other people, you know? You were number one and that was it. Yeah. yeah. So service work will help you to find your purpose. I believe so. I believe that as well. I'd have to agree with that, yeah. So were you, were you unanimous? Well, it's unanimous. I haven't heard anything yet that won't. I mean, going to meetings. Yeah. Um, you said something just a little while ago, and that's what's going to be funny when we, when we look at all the different areas. Find a purpose in life, find a purpose in Christ, or find a purpose in recovery is all going to lead having a sponsor, having a mentor, having those people in your life that could pour into you. Mm-hmm. Because how do we find out what God's will is for us if we don't have someone to lead us where we haven't been? Because how many times have we all maybe at this table have heard, we weren't made to do this alone? Today? Yeah, yeah. How many times today? Let's <laughs> just, just start today. there, yeah. Just... Yeah, I don't think I heard it today, finally. I think this is probably one of the first <laughs> days I haven't heard it yet until just now. So I guess I have heard it today now. Okay. Right. And, and if we don't have, I mean, even if you take out recovery, if you just look into the second, let's say the corporate world, what do they do? They push mentorship. If you want to move up the ladder, 
meaning if you want to bring more purpose to your life, meaning your job, whereas what we are talking about is more about going up the godly ladder? I don't know. How do, how do I... Really, it's just about what am I supposed to do? What, what, is, what is God's will for my life? Yeah. Because then that's how I find my purpose. I, I get into God's will, and once I figure out what God's will is, the purpose of my life becomes pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And so those, those go hand in hand. How do I find out what God's will is? Anybody? Listen. Prayer and meditation. Yeah. Okay, prayer listen. and meditation. Prayer, listen. You know, because you can pray, but if you don't listen, you're never going to hear the response to your prayer. That's the meditation part. <laughs> well, was... some of us can't meditate. I can't meditate. If I try doing that, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> so I have to I have to purposefully focus. Maybe that's a form of meditation. Well, yeah, and, and so I wouldn't say that part of it's the meditation. The meditation is, is what is the Scripture saying? So like repeating the, that Scripture over and over and over, mm-hmm. Yielding would be that that sitting in the end and sitting in silence and, and waiting. And so I'm yielding to God. I'm yielding that time to God to, to sit, be obedient, and listen. So do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we have to change the way we think. We have to change the way we live. But it all sta- starts with the renewing of our mind, having our minds transformed. And that's where it starts. I mean, to me, so when we, when we finally admit that we are powerless, that starts that transformation. And the transformation continues to happen throughout the steps. Um, but then when we get to step three, we can't really do much more in step three until we what? Fully believe. So we believe fully accept yeah. Christ, yeah. Because I mean, how do how do we how do we take an honest and moral inventory of ourselves if we're not a believer? It's kind of hard to do. You know, I always tell the guys that I work with, I just need you to be willing. At mm-hmm. that point, you know, whatever concept you want to put up, you know, let that be on you, right? Because we do work in a secular, you know you know, the secular part too. But I want them just to be willing to be open to the idea that there's something else out there. Be willing to be willing. Be willing to be willing. That's it. Yeah. It has to start somewhere. And and I know we talked about it last week. Most people believe in something. Most people don't think that everything just happened and, and there's nothing greater than them out there. A lot of them have been wounded so bad that they don't want to believe in Christ, right? you know, because that starts with that church wound, but most people know. It's like when they're kids, you know, you have that feeling of Christ and it's like, oh yeah, you know, of course of God, but then they get older. And as we're supposed to mature as individuals, we're supposed to mature in the spirit. And a lot of times they're not maturing in the spirit and they lose that thought of God and God wasn't here for me for this. or he wasn't here for this. And they start just totally doubting got in the whole situation that's a lot of times brings on the what is that noise no it's just i was just gonna have him plug something else in what do you want plugged in what zora gonna have you do is take out that fat head and plug in i mean we could plug the fat head into that other um 
wire that I had here, so that way it's not directly into the board. That's not the issue. Oh, I bet it is. I still hear it. Mm -hmm. The yeah. issue is there's something going on in the house. It's the the issue is your phone. I'll go ahead and put it in there then. And it's not my phone because this is turned off. Oh. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Check, check. Jerry, it's just like. Talk more into your microphone. I've been talking in the mic. I know that. Uh, a closer. So I just seen something to, to where the, the metal on metal sometimes can jack it up. And, and so once they put the, a little wire between it, it did good. Um, I don't so, think it's coming through the recording. Okay, good, good. I just don't want them to have to hear this. Right. I mean, the rest of the podcast is good. So now, now what comes, how, how else do I understand God's will for my life? So as I, I've had that transformation of, of my mind, what comes next? It's not a building, trick question. The building of your faith? The building of your faith is what I like is we have to know God's character. We have to know God's heart. And so God's heart is love. God's character is love. And we have to find people that can mentors along the way sponsors along the way because they've been through the crap that we are in the middle of and so who's going to jump down in that pit with us and and show us the way out mm -hmm. and i think that's what's so neat about whether it's life and, and and we've been able to draw this these lines across all of it each week is all of them inter intersect as they should because god is at the center of everything that we do true so well, let's, let's move on a little bit here. So if we unlock our purpose and we get greater satisfaction and success, what does success mean? Ooh. You're going to ask my favorite question to people. Go ahead, Derek. <clears throat> success to me, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if it sounds a little cliche or whatever, but I just want to hear, well done, get a faithful servant. I don't, it's not about what I have. But you're not going to know about that right now. What, today, today, what does success mean to you today in your life? Uh, really just being there for the life change thing. That's all I really like to focus on. That's what my life, that's the purpose of my life is life change, seeing people's lives change. Help guide people to have life change. Show people there's a better life than what they've been living all this time. They just got to be willing to change. Should have known that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, act like you did. Jeremy, you got a, you got that look in your eye. What's uh? Oh, I, I don't ever think about what, what, what I define as success in my life. You know, not, not going to prison for killing somebody. I guess that's a pretty successful. That's thing. a good success you know? story. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Just saying, I got teenagers, and they make me question a lot. So. Ooh. Wow. So I ask this question a, a lot of people. Um, we'll meet, and it's it's mainly with the people that are working a California sober kind of program. Hmm. And I like to tell them, hey, I don't know a successful person that does that. You know what I mean? I, I don't know a, a successful pothead is what I tell them. And they always give me two people. 
Two people are successful potheads. Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson. For shizzle. Nope. Not Joe, Willie one Nelson. of them. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan and Snoop Dogg. Now, Joe Rogan didn't start doing any of it until later in his career. And he'll talk about that live on, on, on the broadcast all the time. Hey, if, if you're going to smoke, just wait until after you have everything in life done the way that you need it to be done before you go and do that. Now, Snoop, I don't know. He was if, born if, smoking, man. You know, he but here's the thing. This is, this is how you see how most people measure success. Is it fame? Is it money? Is it power? How do you measure success? So what is success to you? See, I don't, I don't like that Joe Rogan thing. I love Joe Rogan, but I don't like that. If, if that's what you're defining success as for me, there's no way I could do that. That's like saying, okay, well, I've been sober for X amount of years. The day I retire, I'll reward my that I'll, I will have succeeded in my retirement. It succeeded for going forty plus years without drinking, so now I can have a drink. No, Joe, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's not the people say that he's successful. Me and he smokes weed. So I'm just saying to them, I don't know a successful pothead. They just like to give me people that are famous, powerful, or have money. They they want to tell me they're successful, but are they successful? How do you measure success? What does success mean to you? I'm not talking about Joe Rogan smoking. That, that has nothing to do with it. I don't believe in, I believe in abstinence. So um, I, I believe in complete sobriety, but how do you measure success is the question. And that's why I ask it that way of people. Cause they always give me the same two, Joe Rogan, Snoop Dogg. One of those two, they always hit me with that. Hey, they're successful. Boop. It's because the people you're dealing with are potheads and you're trying to give them an idea of how not to be a pothead because they're not going to get farther in life than where they already are. Working some menial crap job, hating their life and to numb that pain, they've got to smoke it away. Is, is that a correct description? Yeah, I mean, it, it, if I know how you measure, measure success, it also helps us to know if you're going to find your purpose pretty easy because those two really go hand in hand. Once you start living in purpose, you find your success. Hmm, yeah. And if you know how you measure success, it's going to help you also find your purpose. You know, I find my success and how much sleep I got the night that <laughs> night when I lay No, seriously, man, if I, if I lay down at 10 o'clock and I fall asleep and I'm up at five o'clock to go do my, start my day off. That was a successful day today before to give me a successful night's sleep. Well, that's one way to start your day out successful. Yeah. But, has anybody at this table really thought about how do I measure success? What does success look like? Yeah. So give it to us. I'm still trying to figure it out, really. Okay. I mean, success <laughs> to me is I, right now, success to me is I have my bills paid. I want to do a little bit of traveling. I, I have the money to do that. Got a little bit of coinage in the bank. I don't have to worry about that so I can go on and help find the one to bring them back to Christ. That sounds pretty darn successful. Yeah. I measure success by my marriage, the way I treat people, living out God's call. Am I being obedient to God or am I not being obedient to God? And so, 
that's really my avenue of success, right? Like treating people good, loving them well, as I'm told to do, um, loving my wife, even when sometimes she may be unlovable, you know, um, and, and she knows that. I mean, and she'll say it. Thank yeah. you for loving me through my crazy, right? And so when, when things are going on and I could still love her, that's success to me. Being able to sit with people on my patio and talk to them through issues, that's success. I, I would have never done that before. You said it yourself. If there wasn't something in it for me, I wasn't doing it. Right. Now the problem is, is heck, me and James hopped on, on the Xbox for the first time together in two months Yeah. today. We used to play almost every day, at least for an hour, maybe two hours, but we used to hop on just about every day, but we haven't had that opportunity. And so today we got to do it. We got to take a little bit of a chill out and actually have a good day and do that and made me lose track and not be able to set up the other camera <laughs> properly first. <laughs> So thanks a lot, Jim. It's not my fault. <laughs> that, that was my my bad and not being successful in my day. But I, I love I love hearing how people define success. And for most people, especially at the beginning, it's about money. Right. Money, fame and power. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's a couple of the things that lead to relapse the quickest? Money, fame and power. Well, women and money. Women and money. Women yep. and money. Okay. Women and money. <laughs> so, so wait, if I win the lottery, I can't go spend my money on hookers and cocaine? You can. No. It's a free country. Well, not now we have a trigger warning. No, yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> there's right. nobody new to trigger. sobriety listening since we just had to just call one out by name, <laughs> which we always try to stop from happening. But I'm that's all right. I'm going to put that in the video. <laughs> trigger warning. Yeah, right before it comes out. That'd be good. <laughs> so, Sorry, everybody. Um, and that's the goody goody, right? Good. The one good guy in the group, and he's the one bringing up the trigger. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm going to go back to um, one thing that I like to talk about a lot. How do we know what our purpose is in in anything that we do? In everything that we do, how do we figure out what our purpose is? We know why we do it. Know your why. Why am I in recovery? Why am I going to church? Why am I wanting to follow Jesus? Why am I married? Why, 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 why? Sound like that two-year-old when they tell you not to touch the stove. Why? Well, then touch and find out. Touch, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Just do it. But you have to know your why. I think everything else gets answered out of that, that little statement, know your why. Really, if you know your why and you're fulfilling the why, that sounds successful to me. That could be a good measure of success, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. fulfilling your why. So I guess we need a, a backdrop then, know your why. <laughs> Ooh. I mean. I know somebody might be able to design it. Know your why. <laughs> so, so let me ask you. We need to. Uh, why are we doing this? this? Why are we doing this? Yep. This podcast. Thing. This podcast. We are doing this podcast to reach the one. That's pretty much everything that I, I do these days. So if, if we're not doing that, then I'm not going to be here. Because I have other things I can do. 
Right. But that might be your why. But what if that's not quite Jeremy's why or Derek's why or my well, why? You, you just asked me. Yes. So, so why is my why are you doing this? So Jeremy, sure. why do you want to do this? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> because I want somebody else to hear something that's going to benefit them in their life, right? And if it if it means they they come to, you know, they they start their journey with Christ by listening to this, great. Maybe they hear something about purpose. Maybe they hear something about, you know, the prodigal son and, or, you know, it's just anything that we've talked about. Maybe they hear that and they're like, man, I kind of want to know a little bit more about this, you know, or, Hey, they said that I really don't have to drink today. So I'm not going to drink today. What do I have to do? You know, I mean, you know, we're not going out to the masses right now, (laughs) but it just takes that one person. You know, and that's all that matters. And if if somebody's listening to this and they get a chuckle out of it for the day, I think I've succeeded. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's just right. Right. right? Gotcha. And that, you know, <laughs> Jeez. I'll start banging on this table. Oh, don't do that. We'll so, Derek, why are you doing it? To tell everybody I'm on a podcast. <laughs> At least he's honest. At least he's working an honest program. Yeah. But we sure turn off the cameras because he's been told plenty that he's got a face for radio. Yeah, it's, it's true. It is true. But, no, I mean, I just feel that this is a thing we can do to bring others to Christ. It, people in recovery who are afraid to step up and saying, hey, you know, it can be done. We're all examples of how we've worked recovery through Christ and what it's done for us. I mean, between the um, four of us, we have about what? 20 to 30 years of recovery together? I have today. You have today. I have today. The rest of it don't matter. As long as I get through the rest of today, I have today. True. Going back to the purpose question, right, and success. When, how do you know where God's telling you where to go? Man, I just had this conversation earlier today. Does he say, hey, go this way? Hey, you need to go that way. Like, how do you hear God telling you where to go? Okay, do, do I do I start with the cliche? Everyone hears it differently? Yes, you can start with the cliche. Yeah. That's, so I, I would start there. And it's one of those things you got to figure it out for yourself. But you can't let it get to the point where it cripples you. Where you do nothing? Where you do nothing Just because you're like, something to I'm, I'm waiting for God to hear about this new job, but if I don't hear from him, I'm going to miss out on this job, and I don't know if I should take this job or not because I don't know if God is telling me to take this job or not. I've, I've seen that happen to a few people, and my advice to them always is, what prompted you to look for this job? Can you go back a little bit and see... Were you pushed in this way? And if you were, who was pushing you? You know, instead of letting it cripple you, it's a slippery slope. I I heard somebody today, and and I love the way he put it, God invites. We we push, God invites, right? And Mm -hmm. and so God would be inviting them in instead of pushing you. I like, I like the way that, that he ended up putting that God invites um, because he is consistent. His voice is consistent. It don't change. 
we are inconsistent. And so we push, he invites. And, and I love that thought. So did God open his door and is he inviting you in? And all you have to do is walk through it. Right. This is going to go back to, did you want to say something before I go into a, a tangent, I'm sure? I mean, the only thing I was going to say is knowing where, if, if you're at where God wants you and stuff like that, is be, you know, I was put in a job that I never thought in a million and one years I would ever be working doing stuff for individuals that never, ever would have crossed my mind. And I'm not doing it for the thrill of myself. Cause I mean, I could find something else and make other money doing what I do, you know? It's just, I feel God has put me there because I'm doing a job that nobody would have ever thought I would have been a part of because of my history. You have history? Oh, I have history. Well, watch the documentary on the History Channel. I can't wait. <laughs> so let's go back to it a little bit. Um, how does God usually speak to us? I think scripture is pretty clear about it. In a whisper. I love it. I love it. In a, in a whisper. Um, the Holy Spirit gives us those nudges and a whisper. Um, so, if, but what's that look like for each of us? But you, you did say it. I mean, for me, I could tell you if, if I've prayed about something and I've been in God's word and, and I'm and I'm within God's will, he talks to me in, in such a weird way. I really don't like it because whenever I went to Aiello's to go smoke, whenever me and Christina got into an argument, right? And, and I planned on leaving her. This was our first year of marriage. When I got there and I lit up my cigarette, something happened. I'm my cigarette, my cigar. Something happened. It, it was that that anxiety, that nauseousness that that started running through me. I started sweating down, you know, sweat down my back. And the thought of me staying there and leaving my wife made that worse. I thought I was going to throw up. But as soon as I thought about going home to my wife, that started easing. And the closer I got to home, the better it got. It started when I first got my call in the ministry. I was in California, sitting in in my room upstairs. The people I lived with, I, I knew I was going to end up using if I stayed. But it was, do I stay just to stay to see what happens? And thinking about staying, that nauseousness happened. And so I thought about, okay, so, so what happens if I just pack up my bags and go home? Then that anxiety left. Went to Houston to go get a job, 2016. Went down there, two 12-hour days of interviews. The third day was house shopping. I called up Christina. This was June 2016. I called up Christina. Hey, babe, you need to uh, be prepared to get married as soon as I get home. And then we're moving to we're moving to Houston. She goes, I thought so. I already started looking at places and started looking at schools. I said, good, because I already found a house while we were down here. We went looking around at, at stuff. And so I went back through the hotel, went through the two days worth of notes that I had, um, prayed about it, got up started my morning off in scripture and prayed. And then the thought of me staying in Houston, it happened. That nauseousness, that, that anxiety, the sweating. And then as I got home and thought about getting on the plane and coming home, that all subsided. So for me, that's how, if I'm within God's will, so if I'm praying, if I'm studying his word, if I'm seeking God and I'm within God's will, that's how he speaks to me. 
problem is I don't like to listen, so sometimes he he uses you guys mm -hmm. to send me messages when I need to hear something. Yeah. And and ways that he speaks, but it's it's a whisper. It's just do we li want to listen? That's that's the key right there. So. With me, it's more of a. It's it's been more of looking at people, go figuring out people that I need to help somehow, right? It's not a codependent thing. It's just I came across someone last week in a parking lot. He was like, "Hey, I, I just I need some gas to get home. I don't have any money. Do you have any spare change?" And I, I was like, "I don't carry any money. I was, I'd, I'd give you whatever money I had, really." Then I sat down in my car and I'm like. Well, I'm a dumb ass. I got a whole thing full of change here. So I had like five or six bucks in change. I'm like, here's a couple of gallons. So I went and talked with the guy. And If it wasn't the Holy Spirit nudging me, if I wasn't in my walk with Christ, that would have been completely different. I would have just been like, no, you just want the money for drugs. I'm just leaving. You, you, do you know what I'm saying? It's like I've always had been nudged that way. But for a long, long time, I didn't listen. But it starts with being in God's word. Understanding that he is who he says he is. Right. Understanding God's heart, God's character. And being in his will. Mm -hmm. And his will is not always this narrow little path that, that we think it is. So... Um, Pastor Jen said it a few years ago. She says, we look at his will as a, a balance beam. Hmm. And really his will is this area here. He's saying, as long as you stay within this and you live within your limits, this is my will for your life. Now you have free will, so now you get to make the decision. Do I want to stay within here? It's not this tightrope. It's not this balance beam. It's this area. It's one of the rings. So we right. get to one ring to rule them all. Oh my gosh! So so we get to stay within that. I have no clue. Who invited him? And so that's living in God's will. And I think as long as we're doing that, everything will be good. But now, how do we do all that and find purpose in life? Because we talk recovery, we talk about Christ. How do we find our purpose in life? There's a book for that. What book? Purpose-Driven purpose Life. <laughs> you guys must like Rick Warren. <laughs> I enjoyed that book, Birds, especially the first part of my recovery. Like my recovery years ago that I tried. And I guess before we go into that, can we get a quick break? Yeah, let's take a break real quick. Talk okay. about a little bit about reclaiming hope. Go through that mission. Maybe a couple things that they're getting ready to do. Um, or that we're getting ready to do who's there. They? Yeah, like, yeah. They, that's, who's they? Us. You know, the, the people out there, <laughs> they at this table, all of us, right? Oh um, and so I wanted to do that and, and talk about, ooh, I brought up the wrong sheet of paper. That was last podcast. Do what? <laughs> that was the last podcast. So but, where, uh, where'd my little thing go? You had a little mission note about reclaiming hope? Yeah. Because I. What was that for? Shh. Wrong one. How did I get there? I was just going to give you some music underneath it. Oh, that's good. I like that. 
Yes, let's take a quick break. Let's just talk about reclaiming hope. Mm-hmm. That's Shane. You want to share the um, mission statement? Of well, yeah, that, that's hope? what I wanted to, to not mess it up, knowing that uh, as I went through it, it was no big deal. But reclaiming hope is a place that those struggling with substance use or mental health could come. Them and their families could come and find the healing and freedom found in Jesus Christ. Um, and that's and it's about being anchored in Jesus. And it's about the ripple effect. So so going out, that ripple effect is, is going to go out and touch the world, right? And so that's what we're talking about. We get to go out and find the one that's 12 step. But really, in most places, we leave the family out of it. And we do things for the addict themselves. And we are going to be very intentional on what we do. And that is giving the family the resources that they need to heal through the issues that have happened. So we're going to have marriage counseling, couples counseling, um, individual therapy for everybody in the family. Celebration Place is, is a program we're going to use because it is phenomenal. Celebration Place will eventually put Celebrate Recovery out of business. Um, at least that's the hope. Amen. And then we're going to have things for teenagers, anger management, the landing, um, because it is such phenomenal material. I mean, the, the whole family needs recovery. Yes. They were non-willing participants in my act of addiction. They could be willing participants in recovery. And they could find their hope and their healing. They say addiction is a disease that affects the whole family. I missed the first part you said. Addiction is a disease that affects the whole family. Yes, it does. Yes. It tears them apart. So I wanted to to talk about it because... it, it, the biggest thing is is something for the entire family. I love watching marriages get put back together. Mm. I hate divorce. Um, I will do anything I can in my power to stop it. And even if it's just put a pause on it until God can work in your heart and hopefully change, you know, both individuals so that way they can start working towards Christ. We talked about the triangle a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And if if we will work on ourselves and our relationship with Christ, just working on ourselves will grow closer to Christ and it grows closer together. I have seen couples come back from, you name it. You, you could go to any any extreme. I've seen couples come back together and be so strong after this. And so I just wanna see couples. I wanna see families healed. I wanna see people healed. And I wanna see the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. So it's all about family. It is about family. Awesome. It is about family. I was waiting for our our sarcastic master over there to say something, but he didn't come out and say it. He's he's on strike. He's a day off. He's trying not to poop his pants. Did you say you pretty much did? I know. Pretty much where I'm at. Ladies and gentlemen, the first first poop in the pants on the podcast. (laughs) Nice. All right, shorts are us. How we do it? How we do it on time? We're about an hour in. Okay. So let's go through a couple of things that that we could do just in life. Do you want I, to hit I, some I, of these uh, 10, 12 points? That's what I was. Yep, I'm All going. Right. I'm scrolling up to get to to number one. You're number one in my book. I, I've been told that a lot, but it's it's usually not, not the pointer finger. <laughs> yeah, that that people. <laughs> Tell me that. So the first thing that we could do to find purpose in life is develop a growth 
mindset. Jeremy, Mr. Poopy Pants, what does a growth mindset look like? Having a growth mindset is linked to taking a sense of purpose or having a sense of purpose. Constantly growing and becoming a better version of yourself helps you identify your purpose and commit to pursuing it. A growth mindset also allows you to embrace challenges as opportunities, persevere in spite of failure. It's one of my favorites. And accept feedback and constructive criticism. So there's a book referral that we wrote last week mm. that, that I wanted to write in here. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the feedback. Thanks for the feedback. Um, hop on Amazon. You can get it or wherever you want to get it. Probably aren't any of them. Just sure. order it online. Your favorite um, book depository. What a, fa what a great book it is. Um, that was mean. That was mean. I didn't say suppository. Well, that's what it sounded like. No, that's not what I, I, I heard the other. <laughs> oh, I thought he was making a uh, JFK joke. How about the book depository? Well, that's a repository. That's oh, a little yeah. different. Yeah, I heard suppository. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to, to go to number two? Oh, my gosh. Hey, who wow. wants to go to number two? So, yes, also. <laughs> you had him go number one, so what? So I'll create, create a personal vision statement. A personal vision statement can help you manage stress and mind. find a balance in your life. It also serves as a roadmap that will guide you toward the purpose by identifying your core values and establishing what's important to you. A purpose statement. A purpose statement makes it easier for you to make decisions aligned with your values and helps you stay motivated as you work towards your personal goals. Very nice. Thank you. And third, you, you want to give back. So giving back is something I'm not going to say what it's known in psychology because I don't think I really want to try to sociality. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's easy for you to say. So sociality. Giving back can enhance your sense of meaning. Because really, it always feels better to give. Right? Like once to serve, once our, our life starts yeah, to once, change us, it, yes. it always feels better to give. Yes. So, But that also means that you're helping others as you help yourself. I mean, it's a win-win, right? So look for ways to be of service. You might want to volunteer in your local community or donate money or skills to a cause that resonates with you. Or try spreading a little happiness by performing random acts of kindness. Has anyone in this group, uh, our local radio station calls it joyed. Have you have you ever joyed anyone? Like yes. pay for them? Yes. But I mean, I was actually at the table having dinner with the individuals and I bought dinner for the table when nobody was looking. But yeah. Where's our dinner? Where, yeah, really. I invite you guys to the house. There's a difference. So you don't but like but I want thing. to be out to dinner and, and have you just secretly pay see, for it. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> but having you at my house is more important to me than me just buying you dinner on the outside. Ooh. Says who? Says but, me. It's my yeah. house. <laughs> That's a bunch of people that you know. Did you ever do it to a complete stranger? I've tried, but nobody's taken the invite. You don't invite. You're just you're at the in the drive-through. Dude, I walk. You oh, pay for yeah, that, yourself and yeah, but that's yeah, you know, that's that's usually in a coffee shop, and they only ordered a cup of coffee behind me, so here's ten bucks. You know, <laughs> oh, you went to Starbucks. I didn't say where. <laughs> so, oh, uh, and by the way, PJ's is pretty amazing. Okay, did you finally make it? Did you go to the new one that just opened? Just opened today. Yes. Yes. Where's oh. that one now? Have you tried to? 
so the the new ones are right across from Deerberg's. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, right, oh, right over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's right next to Freddy's and all that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh man, PJ's. Andy's. Did you Andy's. get their yeah. Andy's? Did you get their uh, beignets? Uh, we didn't get a beignet, but I had the iced chocolate white mocha. Well, they're iced beignets. White chocolate mocha. Yeah. Their beignets are ooh, fire. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I look forward to Monday nights because my wife usually meets with a client up at PJ's and then she brings me home beignets. Yeah. And so I'm always I'm always pretty excited about that. Heck yeah. And so um, do you want to practice some gratitude? The next one, practice gratitude. I love having people write a gratitude list, but I'm big on the why. Most of us know it. So mm. I have them write why. Go ahead. What were you no, say? No, no, it's not like you don't say, I want to know their why. It's like, but why? But why? <laughs> That's what he does. It's gotta be like this really dramatic thing, like, but Jeremy, what's your why? The why is dramatic, though. <laughs> It'll change your life if you know your why. We all know the what. We, we all know what to do, but we don't know why we need to do it. So the why is important. So, 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 so long. Um, writing a gratitude list and then writing the reason why you're grateful for it. Because people send you a gratitude list. Have you ever had these sponsees? They'll, they'll give you like eight things that they're grateful for. And they're mm-hmm. so surface level. Food, water. Well, <laughs> And and yeah, that's the whole thing. For is some people that might be really no. I know. I'm grateful. I woke up today because right. some of the things Why? that they're writing are grateful for. I'll bet you a hundred dollars you're not grateful for that. Right. right in this very moment, you're not. Not truly grateful, yeah. But if you tell me why you're grateful for those things, you're not going to send me a list that's crap. You're going to actually take some time. You're going to say, "I'm grateful for the grass today," and so you're going to write why. And once you do, because it feels good between my toes. See, and it may be. I only wear shoes outside, so I'll never feel the grass between my toes. But yeah, I mean, I love, I love when people write the why to why they're grateful. Uh, number yeah. five is my favorite one, though. Um, my... Turn your pain into purpose. Did you lose your? Yeah, just, Do you not know how to work that. No, more? I don't. This is why I should have just. Can you read that? Turn your, uh, turn your pace and uh, t- turn your pain into purpose. We all face struggles in life. Overcoming these challenges shapes who we become and gives us our unique strengths and perspectives. Many people ask for help when struggling to overcome a major life change. Some later find their purpose in helping others facing similar struggles to those they have overcome. Hmm. I think we kind of touched on that a little bit today. Hmm. Kind of funny, yeah. God is going to send you a person of what you've been through. And they always seem to find each other without guidance at Celebrate Recovery. So the scariest thing is, I had a guy ask me, do you know any people, any men in Celebrate Recovery who struggle with codependency is one of their main struggles? And never have I ever heard anyone say that is one of their main struggles. Until I went to a CR up in Michigan. And one of the leaders there, that was one of his main struggles. Ever since then, I've heard so many people starting to say that. And the funny thing is in our training materials, we're supposed to have addiction and codependency as groups when we first start off, not mixed issues, which is just crazy to me. Because really, how many men are going to admit that they are codependent, even though we all know we are, because that's what men do. We fix things. And we do that to help other people. How many men figured out they were codependent when we did the 
big codependent thing on the stage well we know of one that was told and then afterwards he realized oh yeah i guess i am codependent well sometimes you got to take their inventory for (laughs) sometimes yeah how do you do that (laughs) just look at him go dude you're codependent (laughs) number six explore your passions there you go i like that one your passes your passions and interests are a good indicator of the area in which your life might find purpose but they can be hard to identify. So they're ingrained in our ways of thinking and they can become, we can become blind to them. If you're not sure where your passions are, ask the people who know you best. Likely you're already pursuing them in some way without even realizing it. I find that hard to believe that we wouldn't know what we're passionate about, but. Oh, I've met some people. I was gonna say, maybe when I first got in recovery, I probably did not know what I was passionate about. Yeah. Because I was only passionate about using, mm. whether that was people, drugs, money, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Now it's pocket trash. Now it is pocket <laughs> trash. <laughs> so, I do have a question: Is giving serving? Would you put those two on the same level? Giving and serving. I would. Serving is giving a time, and so it is a part of giving because we need to give our time, our talent, and our treasure. It's a good question. Oh, I like that. Because yeah. people don't like this. How many times do you hear pastors stand up in front of church? You know, we, we have service opportunities, but nobody wants to do them. Or it's the same people constantly serving. Yes. Or in AA or Celebrate Recovery, whatever it is. We need. We have service opportunities, but nobody wants to fill them. Yep. And, what, and what, why not? They Time? consist of work. Yeah. <laughs> 20% do, the 20% in churches do 80% of the things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. It's like that in most things, though. Right. Yeah. Why do most people not serve? Because they didn't have a personal invite. They oh. didn't have somebody walk up to them, tap them on the shoulder and say, I see this in you. Mm-hmm. I think you would be good at this. And once that happens, that changes that life. True. And everyone thinks that they're just too busy doing other stuff. So, oh, I don't have time to go down to this food market and help hand out food to some people who really need it. If you really believed in that thing, whatever it is, that was just an example, you will make the time for it. If it is important to you, you'll make time. Right. And if it's not important to do, you're going to make excuses. But if you think about it, there's a lot of people that would love to do prison ministry, but they don't know how to get involved in it. And if somebody were to walk up to them and say, hey, I see this in you, I want to set you up with a couple of resources. Some of them, when they first get to church, they want to start serving, but they really don't know how. You say hop on the app and somebody's going to call you. They hop on the app and nobody calls them. Or they call and they say, oh, we can use you out in the parking lot. Right. Instead of just having a conversation with them. Yeah. And, and so invites out of a general invite usually don't work. But I I have found it that if you walk up to people and invite them in personally, it works a lot better. I mean, that's how we started finding our best leaders. Well, besides, I came in to support this person. Then we knew where they went and we knew that they were going to be a really good leader. (laughs) But out of that, (laughs) leadership really happens out of a personal invite. Having that expectation and tell them that you see something in them, because I promise you, they don't see it in themselves. Right. True story. 
Want to get through these real quick? Yep. yep. So part of a community? Be part of a community. Purpose is about feeling connected to others. So being an active member of community can contribute to a greater sense of purpose in life. When you find your purpose, you'll discover that there are many others out there who share your passions, interests, and values. Go ahead. Joining, joining our, or creating a community allows you to find a sense of connection that others, as you work together toward a common goal. I wasn't meaning to read it. I was just saying go to the next one. But. Right, yeah, that's, that's all right. Spend okay. time with people who inspire you. Does anybody at the table do that? We hang out with you, sir. I, you I inspire know. us. If I inspire you, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I know that for a fact. <laughs> I don't hang out with them because I don't really, not to be a jerk or anything, but it's hard for me to find people who inspire me. Now, there are some that inspire me at a different levels, like a spiritual level or a musical level or things like that. And so uh, I found a lot of that, unfortunately, through YouTube. It's amazing the, the depth of things that you can find there to help get inspired. That's a good point. I was going to say something about that. Uh, talk about hanging out with people that inspire you. I listen to a podcast daily because I'm trying to catch up to where they're at. And they, and you know, they inspire me to go forward and continue my walk with Christ and stuff like that. Just because I'm not hanging out with them personally, like we don't, you know, have dinner at each other's house. I still hang out with them because they inspire me and I listen to them. Just like you were saying on the YouTube, you get inspired by some of the people that you, but you spend the time being inspired. Just not on the Facebook or no. on the Instagram. Oh, yeah, the, no, no, my I, book or um, I don't need that stuff. Yeah, Jeremy. Do you hang out with people that inspire you? I'm just thinking who I hang out the most with, and, and it's probably you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, so number nine, read. Mm. Read. One of the yeah. best ways to expand your mental horizons is through reading fiction. Nah. Or more specifically, nonfiction. But always do your research. Don't believe everything you read until you do your research. Just throwing that out there. Because reading improves your empathy, your critical, and your creative thinking. Yes. And so does writing. And it also connects you to other people across time, places, and cultures. So if you want to learn more about a different culture, read about it. Don't listen about it. Read about it. What's next? Well, what if, if you can't read, you can listen about it. Join a cause. We are all have a cause that we feel passionate about. Perhaps you have strong feelings about a social justice, what do you think our cause is? animal welfare, <laughs> or environment. Our cause <clears throat> is bringing others to Christ. Matthew 28, 19, making disciples of all nations, no matter who they are. So all means all? Yes, <laughs> all means all. Not four, not one hundred forty-four thousand. Oh, <laughs> I think if you're joining a cause, you're you're pretty much checking the box on a lot of these things, though. You know, um, spending time with people who inspire you. Yeah. More than likely, if you're joining a cause, those people are going to inspire you to do better. Yep. You're part of a community at that point. That's your passion. 
You know, we're just checking off all the boxes. So just join the cause, really. Son of a gun, he's got it. I know, I'm telling you. It's that simple. This is just don't check him. a box. Do yeah. some do well, some don't reading. Check the box just to check the box, but check right. the box to yes. So what is next? Fill it. Practice self acceptance. Oh, accepting your limitations. Accept your limitation. Accepting your limitations can help you be kinder to yourself when things go wrong. Oh, how true that is. Because we all make mistakes, but instead of beating yourself up for your failures. Try to see each setback as an opportunity to grow. Did, did we talk about that last week? We talked about Thomas Edison and uh, the well, and, and 10, well, we talked about different. We continued the podcast last week, After, even without the soundboard. We yeah. talked for an hour and fifteen minutes last. We time. talked for a long time. Yeah, yeah, so that way we can we persevered through our failure. We we went through it, and we were going to put it out anyway, and then come to find out we didn't have the other camera. But I mean, we still stayed at it. Even through that times of failure. Wasn't that number one? Oh my gosh. So but, remember, when you accept all of yourself, you are more likely to give the best of yourself in every situation. This might be at work with your family or while doing the things that you love, like joining that cause. So that can lead to a greater sense of connection to others in everything you do, giving more meaning to your life. Radical acceptance. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a whole other podcast. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Yes, radical acceptance. Uh, last but not least, my favorite one, take time for self-care. Mm. Um, I would try to practice self-care daily. Yeah. As somebody who, especially new to recovery, not practicing self-care daily, it'll come up and bite you in the knickers real quick. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for self-care? I just... You typically it's my drive home from work. Like that's the time I zone out. Nobody calls me. Nobody talks to me. I kind of mm -hmm. shut off. That's my daily, right? My to and from work. Those are my daily self cares. Uh, and then usually right before bed, I take about 15 minutes to do something else, whether it be reading, journaling, mm -hmm. something along those lines for self care. Okay. Um, putting limitations and setting boundaries with work, with family. Like that's all somebody who inspired me told me to do that. <laughs> really yes nice so well cool well what about you derek what do you do for self-care i wake up in the morning i do my devotional i go to the gym i come home and shower i eat i go to work i come so home your whole day is nothing but self-care <laughs> pretty much <laughs> My clothes match, dude, like on a sick basis, all right? Yes, we know that. <laughs> so Maybe to me, that's self-care. Wearing clothes, they make me feel good. You know, I try to do everything I can to feel good in my day. Because if I'm not feeling good, what good am I to anybody else? Because then you're just a jerk. Dang. <laughs> so you're going to implement? Wait, were you saying dang to me or to him? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. What about you, Shane? What do you, what do, you do for self-care? Daily self-care. Daily self-care, journal, read scripture, prayer. But self-care on top of that is I no matter what, I, I try to spend at least 20 minutes on something for me, if not longer, if I can. Um, that might even be going outside and grilling. Mm -hmm. Because when I get to grill, I have a cigar. Mm -hmm. And I love a cigar. And so I, I could just disconnect and get away. And that's... That's your ride home, right? Mm -hmm. My cigar time. It was a little Xbox for a while, but I haven't really been on that in a long time. And that's a great decompress for me. Mm -hmm. 
and I need to decompressify. If I don't find something to decompress, everybody around me is going to be miserable. Yep. So, um, hopefully soon, a lot more disc golf and a whole yes. lot less ticks on my legs. They have spray for that. I know, and I'm going to use it. Okay. So you know, the, the next time we play disc golf, I got a tick in my ear. Oh, Ew. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. It was like right there. Like, Ew. Ew. It was so bad that it like bled out onto my pillowcase Ew. and stuff. And I actually got into it and had to get it out. It was bad. So yeah. here's what they say. They say purpose is as unique as your fingerprint. We all have a, a particular set of talents, experiences, and skill sets and interests that actually light us up. Yes. Um, watching people serve for the first time is so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing that, seeing that smile on their face when you invite them in. Um, there's nothing greater purpose is related to these things, but it is the reason for being, it is why you get out of bed in the morning. It's why you dress the way you do where your shoes match your underwear. Um, even when the day is uh, dreary and you're tired and you know, the tasks and challenges ahead are going to be hard and boring. If you're lucky, you might have found purpose through your work. For example, a doctor hopefully loves what they do. Hopefully they love bringing that healing to people. Um, and if you're lucky, you get to find meaning in your work and connecting it to our personal sense of purpose. Some of us, unfortunately, don't get to and some of us get to. So um, I want to look down at the bottom. You need a sense of purpose to sustain you. And even when it feels like a series of compromises, you can still discover and connect to your purpose by exploring what brings you joy. Joy. And making time to do more of it. Are you going to start singing Joy and Pain? I was, just, just, did, I was yeah. just about to. He just Yes, did. I was. Wow. Anything else on purpose. Stay in God's will and you will find your purpose. Amen. Amen. That's wonderful. Right. You step differently when you walk in God's purpose. So that's about all the time we have for tonight. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard and saw, or those watching on YouTube, like us on YouTube. Hit the little bell where you get the um, get the notifications each time we come on. Subscribe, comment, share with friends, and check us out on Spotify for those who just like to listen. Thank you, and have a blessed night, y'all. Walk wisely. See you next week. Ta-ta for now. Hasta.